See it, friends. You're listening to Fast Forward Radio on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Fast Forward Radio is an audio production of The Speculist, and you can find us online at speculist.com. That's S-P-E-C-U-L-I-S-T dot com. Or you can go straight to the blog at blog.speculist.com. At The Speculist and on Fast Forward Radio, we talk about the future, and we take a unique kind of contrarian view of the future. We believe that we're heading towards a bright future, and we believe that if you're not excited about the future, you're not paying attention. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-futurist, co-blogger, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I'm feeling much better. Thank you for uh, rescheduling the show, and I, I should say a special hello to all of our Monday night listeners out there. This is a, this is a, a first ever, I think, a live program on a Monday evening for us. That's right. Um, we, you know, yesterday you just weren't feeling up to it, and so I, you know, rather than cancel it all together, um, we want to keep our record of, well, one a week for almost a year now. Well, um, actually, I had two ideas about what we might do, and uh, we we went with uh, the, the first idea that I had, but uh, I, I was thinking either we reschedule for tonight because I wasn't, I really wasn't feeling well, or just an hour Stephen's stream of consciousness. <laughs> well, um, we we've spared the world that, and, uh, <laughs> and come. I think and it, we, you know, it could have been cool. Like get the bongos out. You know, you're hitting the bongos and just kind of like like oh, Mike yeah. Myers and uh, uh, what was that? So I married an axe murderer. You know, something like. That. <laughs> well, I'm afraid it would have been more like Love Guru. Either way, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of glad that we were just rescheduled. But we're glad we're glad you're feeling better tonight, uh, Phil. And I'm also glad we're getting to do uh, at least one more fast forward radio. You know that this is kind of a momentous week, um, and, uh, and and it could be the very last fast forward radio, among other things. They're t- they're switching on the Large Hadron Collider on Wednesday. Oh, I wondered where you were going with that. I, yeah, I was. I, I thought maybe you you had set yourself up with a with a hot new career or something like that. And you were going <laughs> to. Uh, leave us for good. Yeah, but with the, with the Large Hadron Collider, it, it could well be that uh, we will be just uh, what reduced to electrons by this time next week, and we won't be able to do another show. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, no. certainly th- there are people worried about some kind of goofy stuff. Oh, yeah, they're, like they're, that, they've, right? got, uh, they've got injunctions filed in various courts and things to try to stop them from turning it on. Um, I, I would say we're pretty committed, considering the amount of money that's been put into it. But beyond that... Um, Basically, any reputable scientist that's knowledgeable on it has said that nature's already conducted the equivalent of of this over and over and over naturally, um, and 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 right here on the planet Earth. And so, this the, the amount of energy required to and and what what they're talking about doing here is nothing that hadn't already been done naturally. And here, the Earth is still, so uh, no one expects there to be any problems. But what we could learn is supposed to be pretty mind-blowing so yeah but when they say that it kind of takes the fun out of it don't you think i mean uh, i i i was thinking that they were surely having to be doing something that that hadn't ever occurred before but but they're saying no that that our particles really do go that fast and um it's well it's it, it may it, it may have been done before naturally but nobody was around to watch it and nobody was around to gather the you know the information that you know that could be learned from seeing this happen and right. uh but, you know, uh, yeah, they're, what they're hoping to learn is that they find the last remaining particles that need to be discovered and, uh, you know, maybe discover parallel dimensions and all kinds of interesting and weird stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful they find out some of that cool stuff and, and as soon as possible. So, Well, my outlier long shot hope for that, we're not talking long shots tonight, but if I had a, if I had a, if I had a long shot uh, scenario for the, for the Large Hadron Collider, it would be that that uh, – that 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 particle acceleration opens up the the time machine on this side and makes it possible for people from the future to come back and see us. That's right. In which That's case, cool. uh, you know, in which case, uh, fast forward radio may be a very different kind of program afterwards. So. Well, exactly. Yeah, it would be like in Bill and Ted, to 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 quote yet another great movie where <laughs> Bill and Ted from the future came back and we could have us on as guests. We could have like future Phil and Stephen on the show. That'd be. I think pretty exciting, but could they tell us things about the future, or would that um, would that be like? Would there have to be spoiler alerts? Do you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think they'd have to have some sort of prime directive about the temporal prime directive or something. But uh, yeah, <laughs> at any rate, 
<laughs> well, plus uh, they, they couldn't they couldn't really talk about the future without actually changing it and causing all kinds of uh, havoc for their own time, displacements yeah. and paradoxes yeah. and all that fun uh, all that fun time travel stuff. So anyway, just kidding. That would be more of a tales of the paranormal than a. Uh, Astounding science facts. I don't really expect that that would happen. But I said it was an outlier. I said it was a long shot, right? So. Yeah, right, exactly. So anyway, we hope to learn some stuff with that. But anyway, we, our show tonight, though, is on memes. And so let's, uh, I mean, and, we're, we're going to yeah, talk about memes, and we'll spend some time defining what we mean by memes, because not everyone is familiar with that term. So we'll we'll, we'll spend some time talking about what a meme is. And uh, what you do with one, and 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 what and and talk a little bit about what role they play in the future. But before we do that, let me let me st- take us back one step, and uh, let's get an update on our contest that we're running. We are running a competition amongst the two presidential campaigns this year, and we're uh, we're going to award the presidential candidate who comes up with the most speculatious program. Uh, the the idea with the highest level of speculist or fast forward radio type appeal is going to win one of our coveted valuable, unique, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know, but uh, uh, truly awesome coffee cups, right? Truly awesome <laughs> fast-forward radio coffee mugs. That's right. So we're going to be uh, awarding one mug to one of the two presidential candidates. And last week we listened to uh, Senator Obama talking about his his plan for uh, what he wants to do with energy. And we said that put him on the board, that put him in the running, and that he is now uh, ahead of the pack, or what, at least as of last week, was ahead of the pack to get the coffee mug. But hold on, they had a whole other political convention last week. The Republicans got their chance, and now John McCain, I believe, might be in the running. Why don't you tell us what you got uh, from John McCain for us? Well, this is from his acceptance speech uh, Thursday night, and uh, it's, it's the segment of his speech that, where he talked about energy. So let's just hear him Okay. Out. We'll attack, we'll attack the problem on every front. We'll produce more energy at home. We will drill new wells offshore, and we'll drill them now. We'll drill them now. My friends, we'll build more nuclear power plants. We'll develop clean coal technology. We'll increase the use of wind, tide, solar, and natural gas. We'll encourage the development and use of flex fuel, hybrid, and electric automobiles. Senator Obama thinks we can achieve energy independence without more drilling and without more nuclear power. But Americans know better than that. We must use all resources and develop all technologies necessary to rescue our economy from the damage caused by rising oil prices and restore the health of our planet. My friends, it's an ambitious plan, but Americans are ambitious by nature and we face greater challenges. It's time for us to show the world again how Americans lead. This great natural cause will create millions of new jobs, many in industries, that will be the engine of our future prosperity. Jobs that will be there when your children enter the workforce. Today, today, the prospect of a better world remains within our reach. But we must see the threats to peace and liberty in our time clearly and face them as Americans before us did, with confidence, wisdom, and resolve. Okay. All right. Uh, so basically, he's got an all of the above approach there. He's you know nuclear, uh, drilling, uh, wind, solar, and uh, and 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 he's also you know thinking this is going to this is going to create by by really pushing these things. This can also create the possibility of high tech jobs, good you know good jobs that pay high, pay well, and it's uh, so, you know. It's it's sort of I kind of like the idea of of trying it all and letting you know and then figuring out what works the best. Uh, that that seems to appeal. That's a good plan. Uh, sounds actually uh, pretty similar to Obama's plan. I think that um, what I heard there that I didn't hear from uh, Senator Obama last week was flex fuels by name. If if I'm 
if right. I'm listening correctly. Uh, but what Obama had that uh, that McCain didn't have was uh, plug-in hybrids, although he did say uh, hybrids and electric cars. So I, I guess you could kind of split the difference between those two and say, well, plug-in hybrids are in there in between, right? So, right. Um, well, he, he specifically, uh, um, uh, you know, called Obama out on not uh, supporting more drilling and not uh, supporting nuclear power. Right, although Obama did mention both of those in his speech, so... Right. Um, you know, not not to get into the uh, political back and forth between the two, just based on the clips we've listened to, um, they, they, they both, you know, said them, whether they're emphasizing them the same, whether one would do them, you know, more wholeheartedly than the other, they both did say both. Um, but where McCain gets interesting is when he starts talking about creating these new jobs. And I guess it was elsewhere in the speech. He also talked a little bit about the global economy. And I, and I don't guess we have this, uh, this, this clip. But he talked about the global economy. He talked about uh, people who've lost their jobs uh, because, because the economy has changed and jobs will move. Retrain them. Get them into jobs that won't move. Right? Right. Did, right. That, that, uh, that whole idea. And that was not in the snippet we just listened to. No, it was not. It 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 came right after that. I should have gotten a bigger snippet, but yeah. Uh, okay. Because uh, I think that is a really interesting idea that I don't recall hearing from uh, Obama, and I, I would give him, you know, it's like so he's got two things. He's got comprehensive. They both got comprehensive energy, which I like. And then on top of that, McCain's got um, uh, McCain's got let's uh, a, a, a retooled workforce for a global economy which is a kind of a speculist kind of an idea. I don't know what, what the jobs are that could never be outsourced, though. I, I would challenge him on that if he were, uh, if he were to call in. Uh, we can give him the number, by the way. Senator, if you're listening, it's 347-215-8972. And anybody uh, else that's listening, you know, please feel free. Yeah, you're all welcome to join, of course. Um, I, I would challenge him on what are those jobs, but I like the idea of creating a workforce that's resilient and creating jobs that would be less likely to – Getting getting people to move up the um, the value chain, right up the up the evolutionary scale, so that so that they're not working in jobs that that automation or is automatically going to uh, to take away. To, to me, right. that that seemed like a very uh, techno progressive, if you'll pardon the use of that term, uh, kind of an idea. So at this point, I'm going to give a slight edge to John McCain on the coffee mug competition. That's that's my take, unless unless you feel differently. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, but uh, it's been a rough day for Obama, I tell you. They, uh, McCain's pulled ahead in most of the polls, and, uh, and, and, and then to be lambasted on fast-forward radio. I mean, that's oh, just... Oh, no, 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 we're not lambasting anybody. But, <laughs> but to lose out, to be edged out by, by John McCain. Both in the oh. polls and in the coffee mug competition. But, but oh, Senator Obama, if you're listening, again, that number, 347-215-8972, give us a call. You can, you can you know, make your case. But, but also, this is your chance. If you want that mug, you know, get on the ball. Uh, you know, let's start talking about uh, some, some other ideas around, uh, around nanotechnology. Let's start talking about uh, uh, fabrication technology. Once again, you can clinch this thing. Just about clinch it, I think, if you even <laughs> just use the word space elevator. So you still got a couple months here. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're a little behind right now. Plenty of time. Plenty of time between now and election day to win that coffee mug. So that's that's absolutely the case. So that's I would awesome. encourage both candidates to uh, to to continue fighting hard for this thing. Absolutely. Hey, did you see that uh, that the Chevy Volt? We finally know what this thing's going to look like. I have not seen it. No. Whether they yeah. publish pictures today? They or? they just published pictures today, and the only thing is. It's about one third as cool as the concept pictures that we saw, you know, before. It's uh, I, I'm going to put the uh, I'll put it in the chat uh, in the chat room so anybody who cares can just go and take a look at. These oh yeah, pictures put that link. Put that link up. I would like to say hi to everyone in the chat room. Matt and our guests in the chat room. Neither of our chat hosts uh, were able to join us this evening, so we're chat hostless. Uh, feel free, please, folks, to chat amongst yourselves. Um, we'll try to drop in with the. Uh, with the occasional comment where we can, and uh, Stephen will provide a link now to the picture of the Chevy Volt. Is that right? Okay, that, the first one I just put in, uh, in the chat room, and, and also be in the show notes, by the way. Uh, that is that, the oh, that's uh, the concept picture. That is the uh, that is the the uncool vehicle as it's going oh, to actually actual. be produced, and I am putting now the concept picture in. 
So the se- second link I just put in is the concept okay, you picture. You did that in the wrong order, all right? Did I? Okay. All right. Well. Well, I, okay. I revealed the, the cool thing they said it was going to be. And then, yeah. Yeah. You're so well, grounded in reality. All right. So. <laughs> I guess maybe maybe it comes down to they just uh, they want something that um, uh, you know appeals to a broader market segment and looks less like I don't know a Dodge the new Dodge Chargers look or something. But I thought it looked pretty cool before, and now it looks like you know mom's two door. So, yeah, it just looks like a, a Impala or something. I mean, it doesn't. It just looks. They took all the sexy out, which is a shame. But I, you know, it's a great concept though because here's here's what makes this different from a, typ- a typical plug-in. They're actually calling it an electric vehicle with extended range, and what they mean by that is that it's an all-electric drive, and uh, it's got a. It does have an internal combustion engine, but the purpose of that internal combustion engine is to charge the battery. It it's not connected at all to the drivetrain which makes it different from any other plug-in that's being manufactured. And I think it's a great idea. Um, if you plug it in every 60 miles, in other words, if that's your daily commute, it's about 60 miles, then what you will average is 150 miles per gallon is what they're telling, which is pretty cool. Um, and so just put it in a sexier package, and I might actually buy one. Um I was just saying, yeah, it looked to me like that original Volt concept. That was a very badass-looking car. It looked like a muscle car. It looked tough. And um, the the actual production car looks more like a Ford Taurus. That's right. And it looked like they just decided to go with something a little bit more normal, I guess, uh, or um, maybe they thought that that would have more mass market appeal. And I guess maybe uh, they know they know cars better than I, I do. I, they should anyway. Uh, so, but I just I found the first one to be an attractive car, and this one's just not. So it looked it looked mean. The first one looked mean. The, the new one looks really maybe nice. Friend, maybe friendlier. Like, maybe that's what they're going for. Well, you know, the, some marketing people probably figured out that was the way to go. Well, I'm going to just say that this is Fast Forward Radio on the Blog Talk Radio Network. We're going to be talking about memes. And if you'd like to join our conversation, you can call us at 347-215-8972 or join us in our online chat room. So let's get into this idea about memes. We talk, we've talked about this a little bit in relation to other topics, and, and we've both written about it a little bit. But I, I just want to introduce the idea because um, I, I think it's an important one. And what we're talking about when we talk about memes is we're talking about um, ideas that act like viruses, and that's the that's the definition of them, kind of given at this um, uh, lexicon of, of memetics that that I recommend. That uh, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. You can actually, if you want to throw that link up on the chat that for, for for folks to see, that would be that would be pretty cool too. Um, which basically just gives us kind of a uh, I don't know, kind of the basic uh, set of terminology related to this field, and you start with the idea of the meme itself, which is uh, a term that Richard Dawkins came up with in his book. I believe it was called The Selfish Gene. That's and right. he, ta- he talked about an idea of, um, of bits of information, these, these ideas that reproduce themselves using people. Uh, so just, just the way a virus will get a hold of uh, one little portion of your DNA code and, and use that to reproduce itself. Uh, inside your body, these these memes actually behave in a similar manner. So so these are ideas that uh, get inside you, and then they change your behavior. They they make you uh, a carrier of that particular idea. And there are lots and lots and lots of different examples of of what these would be. And and we'll get into those in in just a minute. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some of these terms that that um, I should give this individual credit uh, if I see his name here. I don't see this particular name. individual, this link that I've thrown up there, um, he, he basically dwells on the meme as almost virus-like, and, and, and he dwells on the negative aspect of a meme. A meme can definitely be negative. Um, you know, uh, a, a meme that causes people to kill themselves or something like that would definitely be a negative meme. But a meme can be obviously very positive as well as any idea or any, you know, uh, it could be even a song. You know, it can be considered a meme. Sure, absolutely. His name is Keith Henson, and and I think that uh, that the um, the examples he gives do tend to to go toward the uh, to go toward the negative, uh, because I think he is he is focusing probably more on the 
the more stark and obvious examples of of memes and i think but but he does he does actually list things like i think like uh, like popular songs as as examples too so he he does have the basic idea down that that just about anything in in the culture anything in society uh can can become a piece of information that reproduces itself through us and 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 that's really what we talk about uh, when, when we're talking about memes but you're right he starts out he 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 defines um uh memes that are autotoxic um memes that are dangerous to themselves so that they're they're, they're self-limiting because they promote the destruction of their hosts and he gives the example of like the, the jim jones meme or the uh uh, the the uh, suicide bomber meme, right? That the, the right. host itself gets destroyed by by that meme. And then he talks about memes that are exotoxic, and uh, those are those are memes that are dangerous to uh, to to people who um, are are uh, different. The other, yeah, to, to any other meme, people who carry any other kind of meme. So 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 the exotoxic means he, he lists like Nazism and the uh, the Inquisition, Pol Pot, those kinds of ideas. And you're right, those are the those are the those are the most negative uh, kinds of memes, memes. Although you see, even even within um, discourse, you know, if, it, if if you were just talking about people sharing ideas, you can see where the idea of, of, of ideas being autotoxic or exotoxic applies, even just in in what people will tolerate and what they'll put up with. And he also talks about tolerance as being one of the uh, uh, one one of the possible. Um, Characteristics of a meme complex that uh, that memes that can coexist with other memes, um, e- even the uh, even the more offensive uh, exotoxic ones or autotoxic ones, the, the the ones that are really insisting on themselves. Uh, the, the the more tolerant a meme set is, the more it's able to um, coexist with memes that are uh, that, that are passionately in- insisting upon themselves. And he talks about this idea of bait. Uh, something that, uh, that that draws somebody's attention into uh, into adopting that idea in the first place, and the hook, the the thing that that is going to urge someone to reproduce that meme. So, so these are just kind of the basic terms, and maybe it will all start to make more sense if we if we throw out some examples of uh, of what we're talking about. Well, how about we throw uh, throw out uh, some positive examples? Uh, Senator Obama uh, had a had a speech that was right on target on this. Not, just a little while ago. Okay, let's hear what he had to say. I have a dream. Just words. We owe these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Just words. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Just words. Just speeches. It's true that speeches don't solve all problems. But what is also true is if we cannot inspire the country to believe again, then it doesn't matter how many policies and plans we have. And that is why I'm running for President of the United States of America. Okay. Uh, Man, we're just about to become a political blog at this point, aren't we? Yeah, well, we're right in the middle of the political season, so I guess uh, some really good examples of the things that we talk about are to be found in this, uh, you know, in, in this contest. But... Absolutely, well, yeah. giving us lots of fodder. That's for sure. That's um, right. Well, I love what he said there. Um, those those are all terrific examples, especially the "I Have a Dream." Since we played uh, a portion of that speech on the program last week, uh, that obviously being from the famous speech by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, um, uh, when when he outlined his vision for a racially united um, America, uh, an America where we were truly free from uh, the the tragedy of racism and, and racial prejudice now um, what, what I love about that uh, just word speech though is that he's defending the power of ideas um, you know it, you know it's 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 not just words you know it's it, you know when you when when you are able to say something that inspires the nation that's that's uh, it, it becomes uh, it becomes something more powerful than that and and you could call it a meme well, absolutely. In fact, if you if you take the definition as given, if you take the definition of um, an idea that acts like a virus, um, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, is an idea that we have caught by and large in this country, right? That's that's an idea that uh, indeed it's gone that, around the world. It's uh, it's and had a, and it's influenced you know many nations, many people throughout the world. 
So right, it, it, yeah, it's it's an idea that uh, started with just a few people, and it and it spread itself through, you know, through our institutions of government, but also just through people spreading that idea because that that was considered uh, an idea worth spreading, and and that's that's what uh, the interesting thing about uh, the interesting thing about memes is um, ideas spread because they are perceived uh, by the person spreading them as useful. If, right. if if an idea has value to you, uh, if it seems valuable to you to spread it, then you will spread that idea. You will pass that idea on to someone else. Memes are not spread um, because they're true or because they're false necessarily um, or because they're good or bad or scary or happy. Uh, all of those can be components, but the bottom line is uh, a, a simple utilitarian definition. If I hear an idea that I think that's got value, you know, all men are created equal, has value, I have a dream, has value, uh, then that's an idea that I'm going to share with my neighbor because I, I've, I've become persuaded that, that, that that's a value proposition that, that needs to, uh, to be transmitted. That's a value proposition that needs to get out there into the world. Well, the end of McCain's speech last Thursday night, he uh, put out an idea that he felt had value. And I, I think I'm going to go ahead and play that at this time. Okay. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up and fight. Nothing is inevitable here. We're Americans. And we never give up. We never quit. We never hide from history. We make history. Okay. That may have been a little, that may have been a little hard to hear. Yeah, that that crowd would definitely award him the coffee mug. I think there's no, <laughs> no doubt that, that crowd would. them, he'd get the mug. That's sure. absolutely right. Um, what he was, what he said was, "Stand up, stand up, stand up and fight. Nothing is inevitable here. We're Americans. We never give up. We never quit. We never hide from history. We make history." Now that's an idea that he he feels has value, obviously, and that he would like he would like that idea to take hold. Um. And, and, the, and the idea is that you know we've got these problems, and uh, you know there are there are many intellectuals that have have about decided that this is not America's century. That you know, twentieth century is over. This is the century where we recede, you know, from importance in the world. I, I think um, this is a reaction to that, and uh, that's and, and what he was saying is you know it, it, having to recede or become a second class nation is not inevitable. We we can. Well, we we can face these things and uh, never give up, never quit. Absolutely, so. and 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 what's what's cool about uh, what's cool about in that context, other than the fact that uh, yeah, it was pretty difficult to hear uh, the senator over the over the cheering. But um, here is a man either trying to start a meme or at least trying to reinforce one or kind of get one rolling, sort of in his direction. He's 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 pushing an idea out and saying, as you said, here's an idea that's worthwhile. Here's information that's that's valuable that 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 you can join me in transmitting this information to others, um, hoping others will catch this meme that, uh, that he has caught. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I think that's a, ter- that's a, that's a terrific example. Uh, oh, gosh, we're already at the halfway point for the show, so I will just announce that this is Fast Forward Radio on the Blog Talk Radio Network. We're talking about memes, and we're going to get into some fun examples about memes, and we're going to talk about how – Ideas that spread like viruses shape the world and how they might just reshape the future that uh, we all have to look forward to. If you'd like to join us in this discussion, you can give us a call at 347-215-8972 or join us in our live online chat. So let's go through some different categories of memes, different different kind, kinds, because we've I think we've established the, the big kind of social and philosophical memes um, from – from from the snippets from the from from the speech and and some of the ideas we were talking about there, but let's talk. What are some other examples? Uh, well, a great early example it would be fire, you know, as 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 a useful well not an invention or but more of a discovery. Okay, the use of fire to uh, to keep warm, uh, to uh, to cook and and so forth. That was one of the early ones, and the wheel came after that, I'm sure, and there were other things like that. So. Um, yeah, when, when you go back into the earliest uh, earliest moments of human awareness, uh, I mean, fire must have been something that um, that people 
viewed as just kind of this amazing thing when they happened upon it. Once in a while, lightning would strike and it would leave fire or a fire would occur spontaneously. Um, the, the, the idea that occurred to someone that there was, there was use for it, right? It's like, wow, that's really warm. If only we could have a little bit of that over in the cave, you know, that's right. <laughs> when it gets cold. Whoever figured out we can harness it, we can create it this way, and, and the whole body of knowledge around this is, this is how we make fire. This is right. how we – Well, how we making fire was a different meme that, that came much later. There, I mean, archaeologists have found fire pits that, like, were 20 and 30 feet deep, where they obviously kept a, kept the fire going for years and years and years, maybe generations, because they didn't have no idea about how to start it once they lost it. They had to keep oh, okay. it going. Okay, so like maybe they would have found a lightning strike, so they carry a little fire back to the cave and then, or the village or wherever, and then they just keep it going. That's right. Apparently, somebody in the village that was their job, you know, keeping the fire going. Because they had no idea how to start it, and you know, at some point maybe they lost the fire, maybe had to go get the go go get the fire from a neighboring village, you know, that had theirs go, still going, or maybe they, maybe at some point somebody came up with the idea. Well, let's see if we can make it, even though we haven't had a lightning strike around here. And so that, right. that came and, later. and that's a great example of a meme. Okay, there's an idea that really caught on and that really changed people's behavior. That really acted like a virus because. Um, all of human civilization was then infected with the idea of fire right. from then on, right? And we still are today. I mean, the, the idea of, of being able to make our own fire is a basic human capability, you know? Right. And, and I, I wouldn't know how to do it without matches. I mean, I, I have this basic, like, this theory of how to do it with sticks and flint and stuff, you know, but, I mean, I've never actually done it, and I'm not sure I'd be able to. But, but that idea has carried, you know, even through popular culture, has carried to me to the point that I, I – I know that it can be done. Right. Even with even without matches, I know that I could make fire if I needed to. That's how, that's how deeply embedded that the, the, the meme of fire is uh, with humanity. That's, that's a great example. Um, and and a lot of that early uh, developmental early developmental stages we we pass through are great examples of memes. So you, so you see things like fire and then creating fire. And I think you mentioned the wheel or the plow. Right is another good example. Mm-hmm. Agriculture when it caught on, this whole idea of, well, instead of going out and finding these plants all over the place, let's grab some of the seeds, and, and instead of moving to, to be where they are, we'll make them grow where we are. Um, and, and the same with the domestication of animals, which probably occurred first, as, right. as I talk about it. It was, it was probably domestication of animals that occurred first, and then agriculture. But ultimately, this idea of we won't move around and look for the food. We'll keep the food pinned in around us, and we'll stay in the same place. Huge, right. huge leap that that humanity made, and it made it by way of these kind of self-reproducing ideas. These these ideas that once they caught on, they caught on with everybody, and everybody started uh, started living the same way. To the point that, you know, there there are even in the world today little pockets of uh, pre-agricultural societies that that never caught the meme. But the rest of us live in this, you know, we don't even think of this post-agricultural, but it is this, this post-industrial world that's also built on the post-agricultural world, the, the, the world that, that picked up first the agriculture meme and then the Industrial Revolution set, set of memes. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, beer is a related meme that went right along oh, we with go. that. Okay, finally. Yeah. Something an, an, important, an important meme, no doubt. You know? Yes. Um, you know, once, once they figured out, well, we can, we can preserve this barley. It doesn't have to go bad if we do this. And we, it still has food value and, ooh, hey, this has a neat effect. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> and, 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 and yeah. civilization was the result. <laughs> and it makes me more attractive and charming. So. <laughs> All the women got cuter, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, huge benefits to beer. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that uh, it's it, absolutely the 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 uh, beer meme is definitely related to the agriculture meme. They came right about the same time. Yeah, so you can see how uh, in the in the technological uh, realm, um, um, memes have been have been huge. But you know that's not the only place where we encounter them. I think we we talked we talked about politics, but you also see them in the popular culture, and and you talked about popular music. These uh, these songs that just catch on uh, so fast, suddenly everyone. Is, remember the what was it called the Mac, Macarena a few years ago? Everybody was <laughs> yeah. dancing that doing that. <laughs> 
Yeah. That, what was that? That was about 90, what? That was, it had to have been 96, because uh, I believe Al Gore danced it at the 96 Democratic Presidential Convention. <laughs> oh, no. Not, not oh, that man, I that... just want this all to be about presidential politics, but I just I have that image in my head. Uh, I wish I could excise <laughs> it somehow, but it's there. Um, but, yeah, that, that, was, that was interesting because it was a dance and a song, right, the, yeah, the two together. that's right. But I don't, probably about a decade before that, there was this song, remember, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Everybody played that, and it, it got so old. But yeah, that was uh, it was, it was uh, you know everybody was brain farmed. I guess they uh, <laughs> they caught the meme. That's all. Everybody that's caught right. the meme. Everybody was listening to that song. Everybody was playing that song, and everybody was saying that. You know, yeah. somebody would uh, tell you some bad things going on. You go, oh, no, don't worry, be, be happy. happy, right? It, it, <laughs> it was truly an infectious idea. It was an idea that uh, that people got a hold of, and then they would and then they would spread that idea. Um, Here's a little meme I wrote. Yeah. (laughs) Reminds me of another one, um, you know, which is just kind of at the level of slogans, but they do speak to kind of a a philosophical movement, I guess, ultimately. Uh, You've seen this bumper sticker that says, uh, practice random acts of kindness and senseless acts of beauty, or words to that effect, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You see that on cars? That's a meme, right? Somebody saw that and said, I have to put that on my car, too, and spread that same message to, to the world because I, I, I and really it's, like And it's a much nicer message than, you know, something happens, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just seems so much more kid-friendly, you know? <laughs> well, it is, it, it, it is much more kid-friendly. And then you see the one that says, uh, visualize, visualize world peace. And then there was another one that said, visualize world peas, W-H-I-R-L-E-D-P-E-A-S, you know, the vegetables, like them being whirled around. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. But uh, my favorite one ever, somebody, and they used the same font and everything, and the visualize was just exactly the way it says visualize, right? And you, yeah. you, you look below and you think it's going to say world peace. It said visualize, and below it, it said using your turn signal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. But it's an example of how you know, you can hijack a meme with a new meme, right? Or you can take an old idea and and put it on something that's already reproducing itself for one purpose and uh, and and use it for a completely uh, completely different purpose. I saw a study. I mean, I've, I've got to get the link for this, uh, showing the more bumper stickers a person has on their car, the more they tend to drive aggressively. I, I saw that too. In fact, the more likely they are to uh, be, be involved violent. in an incident of road rage. Yeah, I, I wonder. I, I, I wonder why that is. But uh, if it is true, I wonder why that would be. But apparently, and, and they don't. And they don't all just have to be really hostile ones. I mean, you would expect. I mean, some people they've just got so much anger on their car. You know, you just look at it and you go, "Gee, they're so. Yeah, these are hostile, unhappy people." But but even if it's just a whole lot of you know. Um, my dog's in Alsatian. Uh, my, you know, my my kid's an honor student. Um, you know, don't worry, be happy. I mean, even if it's all this great stuff, you know, honk if you love Jesus, whatever. If you got a bunch of them on there, there's still a good chance that you're one of these road rage people. It, 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 it's actually irrespective of the content of the uh, uh, of the bumper stickers. Uh, I, I don't know quite why that would be, but apparently, if you have a lot to say on the back of your car, then you're you're more likely to be. A uh, violent driver, but anyway, I'll, I'll get the I'll get the link for that definitely for the show. Yeah, that's a good. Be- well, I could go on uh, in in my attempt at psychoanalyzing those folks, but I'm I'm going to leave it because we've got so much more interesting stuff to talk about where uh, where memes are concerned. But I, I I have this theory in my head formulating. It's like, well, why would people with a lot of bumper stickers be more likely to engage in road rage? But never mind that. What about some other examples like uh, chain letters? Chain letters are uh, like a very obvious example of. Uh, of a meme, I don't personally spread them myself. You get them. Uh, I get, I get, I get one or two a day. It seems like, and and I never forward them. So apparently, I'm due a lot of bad luck. You got all kinds of stuff coming your way. Yeah, yeah, and it's, none of it's good because it's. I never forward these things. I get them all the time. Um, because a, a lot of the pieces that we were talking about in the in the lexicon show up in a very obvious and uh, visible way in a chain letter. You get the promise. Right. If you you know if you pass this on you you know you're going to get uh, a, a check or you know uh, good things are going to happen to you right or and you get the threat if you don't pass it on boy are you you know hosed right uh, bad stuff's gonna bad stuff's gonna be coming your way for sure so so they've got the they've got the bait they've got the hook uh, they, you know and they're designed only to make it to the next person and have that person pass them on. Now, here's a thought. Who starts these things? 
and why? Somebody, you know, and and you know, often these things they'll have some nice little sentiment, you know. Uh, sometimes it's political. It'll it'll be you know um, some terrible thing about Obama or some terrible thing about John McCain, uh, and you know pass this on to ten people that kind of thing. Um, and so maybe whoever starts this uh, has the idea that you know that you know they they believe this certain meme and they want it to be passed on, and so. They, they they create them, but it's almost as if they're they 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 spring out of the, of of the general consciousness because you know have, you've never started one, right, Phil? I've not yet to date had uh, any reason to think, hey, I think I'll go start a chain letter. So no, <laughs> nor have I, and I mean, yeah. and it's not like we don't have things to say. You know, we're, we're here we are on a podcast and we do blogging and all kinds of things, but we've never thought to start a chain letter. So, uh, but somebody must, and you know, it's sort of like you know, uh, inventing a joke. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I hear a joke and I pass it on, but I've never created a joke, you know. But uh, anyway, nor have I. Uh, that, that, those are that, that's a great example. And jokes, of course, are uh, another good example of memes because they 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 pass on because they have this value that that this humor value. This I can have fun with my friends by relaying this bit of information that I was given. You don't think of it as information. You think of it as a joke. It's like, hey, I got a funny joke. This will make, uh, this will make my friends laugh, so I'm going so, so to share it. But it's really this mimetic replic- replication that's occurring. This joke is using us to reproduce itself. And, and you would almost think that they just sort of occur, that uh, the, the first person who tells it doesn't even know he invented it. Because he thinks he heard it from somebody else, but the joke is actually like formed in his head and is uh, reproducing itself. I don't actually. And have you, have you ever heard? I, I know. Like you, I'm sorry. Uh, you've, I'm sure you've heard a joke. You know, like you hear a joke as an adult, and you know you've heard it before, and you know you, you think back, and yeah, I heard that as a kid, but it was quite a bit different. These things right. mutate over time. They they change. They evolve, and uh, maybe to fit. The, the new circumstances of the of the times, uh, but are are you know uh, maybe it, instead of mentioning one person and one celebrity that people would have known forty years ago, you got somebody new inserted, you know, that you're ridiculing or you know whatever. But um, that's uh, that's kind of the way a meme is. It 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 will adapt, but it 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 continues to replicate. It Just will like adapt. Life. And yeah, as, as, as long as as long as people find it a little bit useful, it seems that they'll tweak it to make it more useful, and and that keeps it going, and and that's its kind of uh, I, I guess that's its evolutionary mechanism. You know, if it if, if it starts out reproducing as one thing and slowly evolves into something else, it's it's through this um, you know the mutation process is people just just tweaking it. It's like, well, let me just make that just a just a little more useful. You know, let me let me yeah, let me swap out who the celebrity in that joke is because it would be more current to say, you know, P Diddy than to say um Frank Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. Something like yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, depending on who the joke's about, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um uh, one example I wanted to give of uh of how they do definitely take on a life of their own. If you if you've ever spent any time on the Snopes website, and if you haven't, I highly recommend it. The the, the site that deals with urban legends. Um, they've got some great examples of uh, emailed uh, spam messages that uh, you know that that, have, that that people have tried and tried and tried to kill that that have false information in them. And that aren't serving any useful purpose, but but you just you can't make them go away. And one of the most interesting ones is, and you've probably received this one probably ten years ago or so. You would have gotten this one. Um, you remember the kid who was sick, and they were collecting uh, they, they were collecting the tabs off off soda cans, and you could send these soda can tabs to this kid, and that somehow this was going to go towards raising money towards helping him uh, get cured. Yeah. Did you ever get that email? You did. Okay. We all got it. You know, we yeah, all got it yeah. at least a couple times. Well, the thing is, the kid got better. Okay. Um, okay. You know, okay. The, 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 the pop can tap thing was, went for about six months. The kid got better. Ten years later, he was being, still being deluged with these, uh, with these pop, top, top, uh, pop can tabs, and he's still getting them. And they can't kill it, no matter what they do. I mean, it just keeps going. Around. I mean, 
And, and the interesting thing is he's started to, you know, he, he, he has sent out emails saying, please email everyone in your list not to send me these anymore. I'm okay now. Thank you. I really appreciate it, but I'm all right. And, and nevertheless, and I just cure, keep Yeah, the vaccination doesn't spread the way the original meme does. Everybody gets that original message, like, oh, the poor kid, right? <laughs> and, they, and they start collecting them, and they send them to him. So um, once once they take hold... Uh, thank you. That's enough doesn't spread because it doesn't have the same... It doesn't give the same positive a, a feeling to the person who receives it. You know, right. I, I get I get to help somebody, and that gives me a positive feeling about myself. It works and spreads a whole lot better than uh, a thanks I don't need anymore. You know, that's exactly right. There's this urgency to there's a sick kid that there's not to hey some poor kid's getting a bunch of aluminum in the mail that he doesn't have any use for. <laughs> Uh, presumably, he can keep cashing it in. I don't know. He can recycle it. I, I guess it's not going completely to waste. But uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's an amazing story, and it just kind of shows the power of of these ideas to take on a life of their own and, and keep reproducing themselves. We did promise the audience that we were going to talk about how memes actually affect the future, uh, and how you know how our ideas and how uh, you know uh, our you know our concept of the future actually can shape the future ahead of us. Um, you know, it seems to me that there are basically only two things that shape the future, and one is our memes, our ideas about what we can do, and maybe uh, we, maybe we can have some negative memes that would limit us because, you know, we can't do that. You know, that's, we, we're, maybe we've, we've got filters over our eyes to keep us from thinking of fresh ideas. The other, the only other thing really that uh, would really shape the future, correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, is really uh, the situation on the ground, the, our, our actual material resources, um, yep. and, and the state of technology as it exists. Um, the, and can, I, I, I think you can you can go so far as to say that the future is made out of uh, a combination of our ideas about the future, uh, the actions uh, that we take now, and the interactions that we have with. Uh, with with the world and and the infrastructure that that currently exists and 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 other people, it's those uh, it's kind of those three things acting together. But but the other two are driven almost entirely by what our ideas are. We mm-hmm. we we're information driven uh, to an extent that I think we we rarely consider. And when when you consider the things like fire and agriculture and all those are really uh, uh, bits of information that have been that have been passed down you really start to get the idea that oh yeah you know the future is made out of our ideas you know that you know some of which come true some of which we say here's a scenario i have for the future here's a future i want to try to create and we make it happen or we say here's a here's a future that i want to try to make and we make something else happen or we say here's a future that we need to prevent from happening Right, and uh, you, you get those in the environmental space. You get those a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the future scenarios that uh, that our friends at the Lifeboat Foundation deal with uh, are about that. It's about I have an idea of the future that should not happen, that we must not allow to happen. You know, now, we had you know, we had steps I'll take to prevent that. Right, we had an interesting um, conversation a while back with Aubrey de Grey, you and I, Phil, and in that I I basically you know. I was asked Aubrey. Now, Aubrey, if if we don't push the idea that uh, aging is a disease, wouldn't it happen anyway? I mean, wouldn't we get uh, you know a cure for aging? Wouldn't that come about at some point? And Aubrey's idea is Aubrey responded, "Well, you know, I've I've always subscribed to the idea of if something is possible, then it eventually will happen. But in the meantime, so many people have died of aging that maybe if I push the idea now." Um, that aging is a disease and therefore something we can treat and therefore we can, um, you know, prolong life. That, uh, you know, so many lives will be saved that it's, it's practically the best idea that, that there possibly is, you know. So many right. people will be saved with this idea that it beats any other idea out there as far as saving lives. And, uh, and yeah, I these, thought that that was... These, these ideas focus you on particular outcomes. These memes... Right. These ideas that reproduce themselves focus you on a particular outcome, whether it's a bad one and you're trying to prevent it, or a good one. And you're saying, I, 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 want, I want to eliminate aging as we know it. I want people not to have to go through this debilitating and humiliating and, and life-ending process that we call aging. And to focus on an outcome where 
aging is, as a disease, cure, treatable and ultimately cured um, is, you know, is a level of focus that's going to bring that future into being much, much more quickly than, I guess, what Aubrey is talking about, which is that if we're working on other problems, we might eventually stumble upon a means of, of doing that anyhow, I guess is right. what he was exactly. saying. Right, exactly, and, and I thought that was... I thought that was precisely right. He he was exactly right. That's that's the way you know. If if you can push it you, and 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 save li- save lives, you know. If you, I think the way he put it was this: if you can, uh, if I could help bring it about even a year sooner, then I've saved you know. How many people, people die every year? What is that? Yeah. Millions, right? Yeah. Yeah, about five hundred thousand a day. Uh, excuse me, fifty thousand a day die of aging-related illnesses. Apparently. So you know, multiply that by three sixty-five. You know, that's that's how many people he would have saved by just bringing and making it come about a year sooner. And right. hopefully, he and, and, and he believes that by pushing it, he he can make it uh, come about much sooner than than that. So um, okay, so definitely more power to Aubrey, obviously. Yeah, the idea of, of extending human life, of of eliminating aging as as we know it. That's that's a meme that we push, and I, and I guess we should admit that both on. Uh, on the blog at The Speculist and on Fast Forward Radio, that's really primarily what you and I are all about, Stephen, is trying to infect people with some of these ideas that have caught us or that we've caught uh, that, that we're suffering from or uh, that, that, that uh, have taken control of us and, the, and that we want to spread. And that's a great example of one. Uh, another one would be um, nanotechnology. That, that's right. kind of the one that sort of got me started on The Speculist when I, I became interested in the work of uh, the Foresight Institute uh, now called Foresight Nanotech, and and the tremendous possibilities for humanity that lie with molecular nanotechnology, with the ability to create technology that works at atomically precise levels. And in fact, I was I was greatly inspired uh, by going to their uh, Vision Weekend, the uh, Foresight Senior Associates Conference. I was so inspired by that that I started the Speculist, and it occurs to me that what what happened to me at that at that conference five years ago was I got infected by memes. Uh, the, the, the Vision Weekend is really an opportunity for people to, get together, people to get together and share their ideas that have taken taken hold of them, their ideas that they find useful, the ideas that they say these are the ideas that should shape the future, and they certainly got a hold of me. And, and I, should, I should give credit to the book, I guess, that, that pretty much started it all, which is Engines of Creation by K. K. Eric Drexler, a great example of someone essentially starting a whole field of of uh, 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 an entire meme complex i guess is the is the term i'm looking for a whole set of memes that 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 derive from there and a lot of the ideas that we think about in terms of uh nano replication and uh, and nanotechnology being used to treat diseases um uh, to uh to fight pollution and and to do to do all these other amazing things that we talk about all sort of originated from that book well i guess it beats Catching Legionnaire's disease, right? You're going to go to a yeah. You're going to go to a weekend someplace and catch something. Uh, yeah, catch enthusiasm for nanotechnology. I recommend that uh, uh, highly. Yeah, absolutely. Above uh, just about any other infection, you might get at something like that. So what's another one? What's another one of our favorite memes? Oh uh, well, um, aug- human augmentation, uh, either physical physical augmentation or mental augmentation. That's um, uh, that's, that's something. Uh, artificial intelligence is another meme that we've we spent a lot of time talking about. So, yeah, and in fact, we we promote uh, ideas around friendly artificial intelligence, which is kind of a a, a meme complex within the greater uh, within the greater meme world of artificial intelligence. The, the, this idea of working towards intelligences which which have goals that are not only not hostile to humanity's goals, but that are in line with humanity's goals. That 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 when uh, machines are as intelligent as as we are, and uh, shortly after they're much more intelligent than we are, um, that they will be uh, they, they will be empathetic to us. They will be friendly to us, and that they will be uh, uh, they they will be philosophically aligned with with who we are as a civilization. That was a new idea that someone came up with. Um, I, I don't even know who to credit the idea of friendly AI to. I, I, I know people who uh, are strong advocates of it now, and we've had a number of them on the program. And we we link to their blogs, and we talk about them all the time. But it it's an idea that was actually probably new as of, what, 10 years ago, and now has become this hugely important field. Right, right. 
you know, it seems to me, Phil, that as time goes by, that um, the world is becoming more civilized, and um, it seems like some of the more positive memes are showing an ability to stamp out some of the negative memes. Um, Give an example. Uh, that's I, okay. that's interesting. Okay. Well, one one example I've heard a lot of, uh, many times. Uh, there's a story about uh, Charles Napier. He was a general, a British general, in India, and uh, these these widows. Um, they had this this idea back in 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 in, uh, in India that if if a husband died, then sometimes uh, the widow was burned on the funeral pyre along with the husband's body. And his and 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 you know he he started cracking down on that. Um, and uh, I believe the, the practice was just all the man's possessions, and that would include his wife. Is that right? Uh, yeah, and the woman was considered a possession along with it. And and yeah. and so uh, General Napier started cracking down on that, and the locals came to him and said, you know, it's our custom. This is what we do. This is the way we live. And his response was priceless. He says, you say that's your custom to burn widows? Very well. We also have a custom. When a man burns a woman alive, we tie a rope around their neck and we hang them. You build your funeral pyre, we, we will build, we'll build our gallows right next to it, and you follow your custom and we'll follow ours. Well, you can see how um, that would sort of discourage the old custom. You know, you move past that custom. With, Pretty with, quickly at that point, you do. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, I, and I think it also, there's a point to be made there that, you know, s- some customs need to die. Some memes need to die. Some they memes are not valuable and, 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 and need to be put aside in, in favor of better memes, better ways to live, better ways to think. And uh, well, with, with that in mind, I think let's pick this up again next week, and we'll okay. start out maybe and talk about not only we'll, – we'll pick it back up with, uh, with some of the memes that uh, have been eliminated, and we'll talk about some that need to be eliminated, and then we'll talk about uh, – we'll, we'll finish our list of – uh, our favorite our favorite memes for the future, and also maybe if we can really stretch our bra- brains, we'll talk about what are the self-reproducing ideas that haven't been invented yet that need to be. And okay, that, maybe we can that, invent a few. We'll maybe start we some memes actually, next week. Absolutely. And then, and, then, and then next Monday I'll start a chain letter to, to get the meme going since I've never done that. <laughs> so All right. I'll finally have a reason to. So, so what do we got going on uh, music-wise this evening? Well, uh, the name of the band is the Joey Harlow Project, and you have heard this song before. This is okay. the name of the song is "Run Around Sue," and it's an old Love song. It's been song. around. Sure. It's it's been around since the mid '60s. And what's kind of cool about this song is that it do, it doesn't sound like a remake. It's not like he did it in his own style. It sounds just like the original guys did it, and it's just been uh, altered just slightly by maybe you know. Uh, being on the road and it's evolved and that kind of thing. I think that he, the, Joey Harlow, made the uh, made the choice to make it sound a lot like the original with just a few updates, and that's that's an interesting way of changing the meme. You know, instead of making it, uh, in, instead of it being completely his own, he he uh, uh, basically uh, used it, just just changed it slightly to make it sound like it, maybe it's just evolved just a little bit the song. So, anyways, so, but. But but by transmitting it, uh, by by reproducing it very similar to the original, he's he's also being very true. I mean, it, it it's it's kind of both sides of mimetics. It's evolving slightly, but it's also being passed on by making it sound so much like the original. So he's uh, he's kind of giving us a great example of both sides of mimetics. Listen close. I believe there may be an extra verse in it uh, that was not in the original that maybe explains the situation involving Sue. But anyway. I uh, had a good time this week, Phil, and I uh, look forward to getting back together on Sunday night. We're not going to do. We're not changing it to Monday night permanently. This was just a one-time deal. So uh, we got a we got a short week this week, just like the uh, the Broncos do. And I and I want to say I want my last meme for the evening. Are you ready for some football? I've missed the first forty-five <laughs> minutes, so I got a game to catch. So we'll listen to "Run Around Sue" by uh, was it Johnny Johnny Hollow? Uh, Joey Harlow. Excuse me, Joey Hollow. Uh, thanks so much uh, for uh, putting that together for us, Stephen, and for your contributions this evening. Thanks to all our friends who hung on in, in the chat room and for everyone listening. We look forward to being with you again on the next Fast Forward Radio. Good night. Mm-hmm.